Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from Crossway Christian Church, and we are on day 31 of a 40-day journey where we are learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom through the power of the Holy Spirit so that God's kingdom may come so that heaven may get into our lives, our families, our churches, and our communities for the good of the world around us and God's greater glory. Thank you so much for listening and being with us throughout this journey. And within the last few days, we have been spending time exploring reliable patterns of spiritual transformation. And my hope is that by the end of this 40-day series, you will have a better understanding of how you through the work of the Spirit and the grace of God, can actually become and live more and more like Jesus. And beyond that, toward the end of the series, we are going to be exploring how you might formulate and curate and craft a plan to create the conditions for this kind of transformation to be possible in your everyday life with God. Last time, we introduced what Dallas Willard calls the golden triangle of spiritual growth. And the center of that triangle is a life that is revolving on the mind of Christ. And then the first side of the triangle is the faithful acceptance of ordinary events of life and embracing these temptations or trials or unwanted circumstances as the raw material for our spiritual growth. And today, today we want to pick it up from there and look at the second side of the triangle, the action of the Holy Spirit. And in describing the Holy Spirit's work in bringing us into conformity with Christ, Willard anchors his thoughts in three key passages of Scripture that I'd like for us to meditate on here for a few moments today. First is John 3, 5. It's Jesus and Nicodemus having a conversation. And Jesus answers him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Life in the spirit is essential in entering, entering into this kingdom way of life with God. Romans 8, 10 through 13 is the next passage. Paul writes, But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For you, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Just consider for a moment that God who raised Christ from the dead 
will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. And that life is not just physical life, but a sense of Zoe spiritual life. That same power that brought Christ back from the dead, that resurrection power that's available to us through the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, Galatians 5, 22 to 26. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. Let's love those verses, the fruits of the Spirit, which is the goal of how we grow in Christ, how we measure growth in Christ, how we recognize growth in Christ. But in contrast to that, so many of us, when we allow the flesh to take hold of us, we can become conceited, self-centered, self-worshipping, and that results in competing against one another, envying one another. But thankfully, mercifully, God gives us an alternative to that type of life. And so we'll look now at the second side of our triangle, which is interaction with God's Spirit in and around us. And as Paul points out, the Spirit allows us to walk in the Spirit. This all-powerful, creative personality, the promised strengthener who we find in John 14, gently is awaiting our invitation for him to act upon us, with us, and for us, as Willard teaches. Just think about that for a moment. The Holy Spirit gently awaits our invitation for him to act upon us, to act with us, and to act for us. Perhaps right now is a moment, or maybe you take some time after this podcast is finished, to perhaps open up your your hands to offer your life to invite the Spirit to act upon you, with you, and for you, because He desires to do so. The presence of the Holy Spirit can be recognized primarily by the way He moves us toward what Jesus would be and do. Willard writes, when we inwardly experience the heavenly sweetness and power of life, the love, joy, and peace that Jesus knew, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Now, outwardly, in the divine conspiracy, Willard contends that the Spirit manifests himself in two key ways, through the gifts of the Spirit that we read about, or the fruit of the Spirit, rather, and the gifts of the Spirit that will enable us to perform some specific function such as service or healing or leading worship, and the Spirit, as He gifts us, will be able to us, for us to perform one of these functions with effects that clearly go beyond 
what we could have done on our own. And these gifts serve God's purposes among his people. But they do not necessarily signify the state of our heart. So the fruit of the Spirit, then, give a sure sign of transformed character. When our deepest attitudes, dispositions, are those of Jesus, it is because we have learned to let the Spirit foster his life in us. Again, he is awaiting gently our invitation for him to move through us. In Galatians 2.20, Paul confessed, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so the outcome of Christ living within us through the Spirit are these fruits that we read earlier. Love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness or generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Both these gifts and fruit of the Spirit are the result, not the reality, of the Spirit's presence in our lives. Because He is with us. This is how we know that that is true. What brings about our transformation into Christ's likeness is our direct personal interaction with Christ through the Spirit. And the Spirit, as Willard writes, makes Christ present to us and draws us toward his likeness. So let's reflect for a little bit on how you have perhaps seen the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Has there been a time when it seems like your efforts were multiplied in a disproportionate way for good beyond what you could have done by your own efforts? Perhaps that is the Holy Spirit. I try and lean on the Holy Spirit every time that I preach, praying over the room that I'm going to speak in, praying before a podcast that that no matter how well prepared I am, as Willard would say, I don't trust my preparation. I trust in what the Spirit will do between the time that the words leave my mouth and hit the hearts of those who are listening. And sometimes that can have an effect beyond what we could have ever imagined. I was teaching on this in one of our initiatives at Crossway Christian Church called Monday School. And I said, probably the time of my life that I have seen the Lord work disproportionately based on my readiness, skill set, history, body, all of that has been over the last seven seasons as uh, the chaplain for the Boston Bruins. Back in 2015, when the former players, Adam McQuaid, was attending the church where I was serving at the time, and we got to know each other a little bit, and he was experiencing great growth in his own life, and somehow the Boston Globe decided to write an article where Adam gave a bold and beautiful testimony to his faith and relationship with Christ. That led a group called Hockey Ministries International to reach out to Adam and say, hey, we've been wanting to get a chapel started for the for the Bruins team for, for years. It's never happened. Would you be interested in helping to start that? And Adam said, sure. And uh, and so since he had a connection with me, they, they reached out to me to see if I'd be willing to help uh, this hockey player get a chapel program started. And I kind of laid my cards on the table very openly 
I have never played ice hockey in my life. If you look at me, you would never mistake me for being a professional athlete. Am I going to be respected? Am I going to be taken seriously? You really think I'm the guy for it? And somehow they did. And so Adam and I started to kind of gather and pray. And we brought a couple other players that were interested to think about how this might occur. And I can remember the first time we were going to do a chapel. Uh, I was at this old rink in Wilmington, Massachusetts, one of the ricketyest uh, places I've ever been. Somehow a pro team practiced there for longer than they should have. Uh, and I was given instructions from Adam to go knock on this back door of the building. Now, anytime somebody invites me to do that, I typically get a little suspicious. So I am just feeling insecure, unsure of myself, uncertain of how this is going to go. And I can remember sitting in that parking lot, vividly sensing Jesus' words to Paul become words personally directed at me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. My power is unleashed in weakness. And so I believed somehow that even though I felt like I lacked many things and most other hockey fans would probably say, yes, you lacked a lot of the necessary qualifications to do this, uh, I still stepped out in faith. And over the last seven seasons, God has brought dozens of players uh, into our community. He has used this ministry to give a greater witness for the gospel than anything I have ever been able to personally do in my life from articles in the Boston Herald and Globe to The Athletic to uh, getting to have our players uh, testify on television shows like 100 Huntley Street and in Canada being viewed by just hundreds of thousands of people. God has done something beyond this unlike anything I could have imagined. And even the way he's taken this podcast to, to people and places I never would have imagined would have heard this. This has really been directed at our church largely. Uh, the way he's expanding that, that, that is just a gifting of the Spirit, I think, that he has done more than what we could have ever hoped for uh, on our own. And sometimes there's these big elaborate stories like this, but oftentimes God just in subtle, small ways through the power of the Spirit can gift us to, to listen far beyond our capacity to love others, to parent, to respond to a situation. I think for many ministry types or people who have stayed where they are, enduring so much of the trials and difficulties that we've felt over these last two years, that's a gift of the Spirit to help us to stay. Where have you seen the gifting of the Spirit in your life? How about the fruit of the Spirit? A friend of mine has been praying through these each and every day, just asking that this would grow in his life more and more. And gradually, over time, he's just been describing to me how he finds himself less easily angered, far more patient, less harsh, far more gentle, especially with those even in his household. One of the greatest ways we know the Spirit is at work in us because when we treat the people under our own roof a whole lot more and more like Jesus, how are you doing on the home front? Well, God uses tough circumstances to help form us. And when those circumstances start to connect with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can see God working to bring about spiritual growth in our lives. 
And so today's challenge is simple. Would you take the time to simply invite the Spirit to be with you, to change you, to work through you, because He is awaiting. May Holy Spirit, may you come. Form us, shape us to be like Jesus. And thank you even for Jesus' words in John 16 that tell us it's good for for me to go away so that the Spirit might come. So come, Holy Spirit, come. So we might become more and more like Jesus. For God's glory, for the good of those around us, and for our joy, we pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm glad you've been with us this far. If this these podcasts have been helpful for you, I would encourage you to, to share those, perhaps write a review, let other people know about it. This is such an important journey for people to go on. And so we're so thankful that you have been with us. You can write to us anytime. Uh, write to me, Dave Ripper at crosswaycc.org. I'd love to engage to know how these podcasts have been helpful for you. Many blessings, friends, and we'll see you next time.